Okay, so um, for the very last... Hey, we made it to the end. <laughs> for the very last time. Okay, and you should all know exactly what this is. Okay, so we're going to... Last time. What oh, yes. is, is <laughs> the vice? We are really fighting the clock and everything that counts. Wait. They're all slots? I bet I bet it's it, sorry. <laughs> you said this was going to be quick! Well, are you saying that because he's a sloth, he can't be fast? I thought in Zootopia, anyone could be anything. Flash, flash, 100 yard dash. Buddy, it's nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. Hey, hey Flash, want to hear a joke? No! Sure. <laughs> what do you call a three-humped camel? I don't know. What do you call a three-humped camel? Three-humped camel. Pregnant. And the vice is sloth. Yeah. Okay. And this may be um, this may be the um, the one you're m maybe least aware of. And we might think, you know, why sloth? Why laziness? Okay. Why make that a um, a capital vice? Is it really a vice? Evelyn Waugh was a British um, writer and thinker, and he said uh, most of the world's problems seem to come from people who are too busy. If only politicians and scientists were more lazy, how much happier we would all be. The lazy person is preserved from the commission of almost all the nastier crimes. Because you can't quite be bothered to do anything. Okay, and Harper's magazine, when they ran the series of adverts promoting the, um, uh, the Seven Deadly Sins, the, um, the, the one for wrath, uh, the one for sloth, read... Uh, if the original sin had been sloth, we'd still be in paradise. Okay, because they would never have got round to actually eating uh, the, the fruit. In other words, hey, come on, sloth's not that bad. You know, in fact, it's a good thing because if it stops us doing a bad thing. So the question is, okay, why, why, is, why is sloth a vice? Anyone? Why make it a vice? Because we've been given responsibilities as humans. Exactly, we've been given responsibilities. Absolutely, it keeps us from doing good things. It keeps us from doing good things, precisely. Okay, so I want to argue, though, um, uh, and this is how it's traditionally been seen: that sloth has two faces. Now, we tend to think of sloth as or uh, laziness, a uh, sloth as laziness, like the cat with potato. Actually, when I showed this photo on the youth retreat for something else, one of the youth came up to me afterwards and said. That's my dad. <laughs> um, 
uh, and so, so we tend to think of sloth, which is right, okay, as the sluggard from um, uh, Proverbs, go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. And that is sloth, okay? And it's that, it's that kind of sloth that, that opposes the, the virtue of diligence, doing the right things that we've been called to do, doing the, doing the uh, good things that we're supposed to be, doing the, being dedicated, disciplined, making conscientious effort to do the things God has given us to do. And sloth opposes that. Okay, so for fun, what I want you to do is I want you to come up with a sloth motivational message. So, all right, so just in, in your groups, just turn around and uh, to uh, come up with something that encourages us to be sloths. Okay, because if you think about it, they're slightly counterintuitive. Okay, you've got to encourage us to be slothful. What are you going to say? Okay, right. Let's hear your um, let's hear your sloth motivational messages. What have you got? How are you going to encourage us to be a sloth? Anyone? Shout some out. Yeah, Sarah. <laughs> God even said, God rested. Even God rested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyone else? Rest is the best. Rest oh. is the best. Yeah. Or, or, okay. Or the, the best rest. The best rest. That's a great one. Anyone else? Or one yeah. You can't mess anything up. You don't do anything. Do anything. <laughs> yeah. I can't mess anything up. Great. Anyone else? Let others do the work. Let others do the work. Yeah. Relax. Anyone else? Yeah. Any? Take it slow and enjoy life. Take it slow and enjoy life. You had some good ones down here. What was this? Yeah, relax. Because you deserve it. Relax. You deserve it. Treat yeah. yourself. Treat yourself. You've, done, you've done enough already. You've done enough already. It's yeah. not worth it. It's not worth it. <laughs> why, why run so much? Why run so much? Yeah, yeah. Hey, come on. Yeah. Anyone else? McDonald's says you deserve a break today. You deserve a break. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? Okay. Um, yeah. You want to be the greatest of all time? Relax. Okay, and sloth is a vice because if we embrace it, all the good things that God has called us to do don't get done. Okay, but as traditionally thought of, sloth is more than just laziness. Okay, and you see, busyness and um, uh, workaholism and never being able to put your work down and constantly going, that is also, that restlessness, that has also been seen as a mark of sloth. Okay, so the guy who is at work by six o'clock every morning, at his desk, working late into the night, or the student who is in the library revising before everybody else and studies harder than all of her friends, 
they may be just as slothful as the guy lying on the couch with his beer and the TV remote. Why? That was a question. Why? <laughs> because if you don't put into inten intentionality into what you do, if you simply do it without, you might miss on something. Miss, miss out on something. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. What intentionality about what though? Yeah. What's important to be doing? What's important to be doing? Okay, so what, as, as, tra as traditionally um, conceived of, it is about being apathetic and lazy about love, not work. Okay, it's about your relationships of love and the hard work that that requires, rather than just about work in general. It's about, it's about being apathetic about love for God and love for others. Because love requires effort. It requires change on our part. It requires investment on our part. And the vice of sloth avoids putting in that hard work of love. And so the couch potato, he may be avoiding doing that, but so too might the dad who's always at the office and never at home. You know, the guy who comes to church erratically, who, the guy who's re rarely at church, or, or the girl, who reads their Bible infrequently because they prefer lying in bed, they won't set the alarm, they might be controlled by the vice of sloth, but so too might the person who comes to church every week, but they leave straight afterwards and they avoid the community, the actual relationships, where change happens, and they won't invest in that. And in between Sundays, that kind of person may, may have little time for Bible reading and prayer because he's got so much work to do. They both may be avoiding the demands of love for God and for others. And traditionally, wrath, wrath, traditionally sloth has um, two components. Okay, firstly, there's a cedia or acedia which literally means a lack of care. It's a carelessness, it's an apathy about the things that really matter. Okay. So you can be very active, you can care a lot about things that don't matter, but, and you, but you're still a sloth. Okay. You can still be taken up by sloth. Dorothy Sayers, again, she said, um, uh, this is the sin which believes in nothing, cares for nothing, seeks to know nothing, interferes with nothing, enjoys nothing, loves nothing, hates nothing, finds purpose in nothing, lives for nothing, and remains alive only because there is nothing it would die for. It just doesn't care about the right things. That's the first part of uh, the set that is acedia. The second one is tristitia. Okay, and that means sadness. It's this. It's this spiritual depression. It's a sense of coldness in our hearts, even a deadness in a person's relationship with God. And those two combined together, they suffocate spiritual desire. They kill the desire to do those things that help us to grow spiritually in our love for God and our love for others. And we avoid doing them. And the workaholic, the person who's always busy, okay, they may be avoiding doing those things just as much as the capture potato might be doing them. Both may be putting off the hard work in the things that really matter. 
Okay, it's just that one takes, the couch potato takes the path of resignation and apathy, while the other takes the path of escapism, being busy, restless activity. And sloth of, yes, go on, sir. No, so I would say, sorry, and maybe I should have said that earlier. So there's a diff. I, I would draw this line between. Uh, there's a difference between what we might call it's a clinical depression, where it's a medical condition, and spiritual depression, where your relationship with God is cold and distant. Now, interesting, of course, there is a link between these two. We're whole people, and one of these, over time, can certainly lead into this one. And one of the problems with modern psychiatry, for example, is it fails to adequately take into account the spiritual, or it can fail to take into account the spiritual aspect for some people's conditions. So we should, but we should not be labelling the, dep- the person who has depression as in some way having the vice of sloth. I think that would be a, I think that would be a wrong path to go down. Did I say sloth? Sorry, sloth. Um, the reason to say rat. <laughs> <laughs> but the um the the person with sloth, the, 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 the person with sloth is avoiding putting in this hard work, the the effort that changes us, um, that love requires, and so the person with sloth, and this is me, okay, will grasp for any diversion or distraction at hand, any time you feel stretched, any time you feel like you might be convicted of something that requires change on your part, you're going to do something else. Or you might go down a rabbit warren of YouTube videos. Anything that takes your mind off, that you've got to actually address stuff in your heart that, that's going to require change on your part. So that's procrastination. So procrastination is part of it. It's putting stuff off. Is that where you did this one last? (laughs) 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 That's exactly it. Um, And I mean, just as an example, okay, I mean, think about procrastination. We'll never quite get round to reading the Bible or finding a Bible reading plan. There's never quite enough time to pray. And we put off those things because we don't want to do the hard work fundamentally that is required if we're going to grow in our relationship of love uh, with God our Father. And over time what happens is that people like that will often begin to see a life of faithfulness and of commitment to church and with daily spiritual practices like prayer and Bible reading and being in church. They'll see those as boring or legalistic or beneath them. Okay, because actually they're not prepared to put in the effort for them. They, that's a dreary discipline. Um, and it's, you know, yeah, but that can be true whether you stay in bed and refuse to set the alarm clock, and if God wants me in church, he'll wake me up. Okay, that, that can be true of that person, but it can also be true of the person who's working hard away at work, but they're also avoiding it. And we were, you know, ultimately, we're made to find our ultimate joy and fulfilment in God. But sloth looks elsewhere for that. Okay, so it looks for it in the beer and TV of the couch potato. But people also look for it in work. Okay, they're looking for this thing, this fulfilment elsewhere. And they're avoiding the 
the hard work of dying to self. Uh, we're, we might be being busy, but we're busy keeping God at arm's length. Okay, so I want to talk about sloth and the middle period. And um, anyone know who this is? Yeah. Zach clearly does. Basically, you. <laughs> yeah, cheers, <geez>, mate. <laughs> yeah. Anyone? Oh, come on. Andrew Paris. You should. Yeah, it's it's Dr. Martin yeah. Lloyd-Jones. It is Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. Okay. He was one of the great uh, British uh, preachers. <laughs> he was a British preacher and a medical doctor. And a medical doctor, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was Welsh, however. And um, he said that the... Um, that he... he, he uh, he said that it was in the middle period uh, uh, when we are m- most prone to sloth. What do you think he means by the middle period? Anyone got any ideas? I mean, I'll explain it. What might the middle period be where we are most prone to sloth? Well, when you start a new venture, you're excited at the beginning, and then at the very end you have a, a deadline that, that motivates you, and in the middle you can just not do it and, and that is exactly it Dr Paris you are a genius aren't you it's speaking from experience <laughs> <laughs> but this is exactly this is exactly what the mid- yeah didn't it? could it also be transition periods yeah if you absolutely. go from one activity to mm-hmm. the next yep the middle period is where you're most likely to be exactly yeah where you might just lose the plot a bit yeah so it's this period that between when you start something and when you finish it. So if, let's say you're in a new relationship, okay, and the romance is great. Or let's say you're recently married, romance is great. You're experiencing this honeymoon period. But then that period uh, dies off, and now you're in the middle period. And this is when, this is when effort is required from you. Or let's say you start a new job. You, you become a member of Dr. Paris's team at Medair. And it's great. This is your dream job. Okay. But then you realise, um, maybe it's just like any other job after a few months. But what are you going to do now? Now requires effort. Or let's say you start a master's and you're really glad you made it to EPFL. But then the excitement wears off and now you've actually got to start cranking out these papers or getting on with your thesis. And you've got to put effort in. And that's where sloth attacks. Because you, can I be, can I put in the effort on the things that really matter? And those are, you know, that's sort of work things. But what about you become a Christian? Okay, and you, to initially you grow, but after a while, that honeymoon period goes and now requires effort. Or you make a good friend, and you've got to put effort into this relationship. Was that a hand up? Yeah. It was just stretching. And, and that's the uh, uh, middle uh, period. But there's also a technical term for that, the Bandura curve. Go on. So when you, when you uh, begin something, you expect your expectation that it's going to increase over time. I'm, I'm doing it for graph for the yep. people behind me. <laughs> so you're expecting things you can get better over time. Yep. But and they start in the honeymoon period. Yep. And then the performance or whatever, the relationship goes, goes down. And there's this, what they call a crisis of confidence. Right. That you don't know if the work end is even worth achieving, it's even achievable. Yep. And it's often then that people give up. Yeah. 
But if you work through it, through this middle period, if you put the effort in, then normally the, ex the plans or the activities get back closer to the expectations and you're able to achieve what you're planning to do. But, but, but the trick is in this crisis time yeah. that you need to have confidence, you need to do the things you need to do and work through them. And whether it's a marriage or a project, yeah. they're all going to have a crisis yeah. and, or a crisis of confidence. Yeah. One needs to work through those things. Yeah, this is exactly it, isn't it? And, and, and that is as true of our relationship with the Lord as, yes. as uh, any other relationship. And um, I mean, Paul says, uh, Galatians 6 verse 9, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap, if we do not give up. And the problem is that sloth does give up. It encourages to give up. Sloth gets a foothold between the now and the not yet of our Christian growth. Okay, it, um, the, the, this, um, uh, we, we're in the now, and we can see what our lives are like now, but we also see what we should be, be becoming. Okay, and sloth tells us, yeah, but that's gonna require effort. That's gonna require change if you want to get there. And do you really want to put that effort in? And, you, know, you, you know, your Bible reading, you don't really get anything out of it. Prayer, it can feel cold. Your church, well, I have to listen to Martin again. You know, do, I really put, do I really want to put in that effort? And Sloth says, uh, don't. So it gets this um, a foothold in. And, and so Sloth basically says, look, there's no point. I've tried it before, it didn't work, or it's too much effort. And it resists the, th you know, someone who said it resists the thousand little deaths we must go through if we really want to grow. And we resist being transformed by the God's Spirit. And again, that can appear by, I can show itself by just being apathetic, or it can show itself by being really hyper engaged in something else. Interestingly, I think one of the, you know, as I was preparing this, I was thinking about somebody. Where I always, uh, we, we, and I always wondered, you, why is this person highly successful in their work field, but their spiritual life is virtually non-existent? Like a confessing Christian, and I actually think it's because they had uh, experienced real hurt in in the past, and they couldn't face, they couldn't face facing it, they couldn't face dealing with what this said about God, couldn't work it through. And so they put all of their effort over here whilst shutting off their relationship with God over there. Um, okay, so sloth and desire. And this is again another thing that seems counterintuitive about sloth because um, we might say that sloth is an absence of desire. You don't want something. Interesting, what the Bible says is that you do want something, but what you want is the wrong thing. And uh, just look at um, these Proverbs. Okay, so Proverbs 13, verse 4, and 21, 25 to 26. So the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. The desire of the sluggard kills him, for his hands refuse to labour. All day long he craves and craves, but the righteous gives and does not hold back. It is According to this, is sloth driven by desire or a lack of desire? Desire. It's desire. What might sloth be desiring? 
We've been very quiet on this side, somewhere behind Dr. Paris. Anyone? What? What? I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily say it there, but what might Sloth want? Sorry? Wealth. wealth, it might well want wealth. It's not prepared to put in the effort. Success, yeah, but it's not prepared to put in the effort to get that success. It says frustrated always. Not risk anything because it wants comfort, it wants security. So it's not prepared to do the risk, the risky stuff that might actually get there. Um, so sloth craves but uh, gets uh, nothing. What sloth wants? Sloth want, might wants comfort, or it might just want to be left alone. It doesn't want to uh, face things it doesn't want to face or have demands put on it. So sloth is not the absence of desire. It's, it's they strongly desire something that's wrong, or it's a good, but they've made it an ultimate, and that, as always, can rot our souls. So, why is sloth dangerous? Why do you think it's dangerous? We've had a few ideas. A anyone else? Why might sloth be a bad thing? Silence descends on the room. Turn around and discuss it in your groups. <laughs> Why is it dangerous? Why make it a deadly sin, a capital vice? Okay, what do you think? Why is it dangerous? Why is it deadly? Why is it a capital vice? Anyone? It slows growth. It's absolutely slows our growth. Yeah, fundamentally. Anyone else? Did, was that, that, that that was the sign of a slot? Samara. <laughs> With a yawn. Yeah, absolutely. How are you going to finish the race if you quit? So you don't earn, it's by persevering that we finish the race. Yeah, anything else? Yeah, that's fascinating, isn't it? Exactly, Moses. Yeah. In spiritual life, it can stop you from growth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're envious of those who are growing. As Moises says, they've got stuff I haven't got because I haven't been put into effort, but we're, we're also not putting in the effort to grow. Yeah, anything else? Andrew, um, I mean, like we were talking about 
a lot of the things, whether it's relationship to God, a family, a marriage, a relationship, whatever, a business, do they just require a lot of work? And if you're not willing to put in that work, you're not going to achieve those things. And then another danger that could arise is we turn to illegitimate yeah. means of trying to accomplish those things yeah. or satisfy with those desires. Absolutely. Yeah. And virtually anything that is of any value in our lives requires work. Doesn't know that. Okay. And uh, and then if you're not prepared to put in the effort, you're trying to use a substitute for that. Okay. okay, so firstly, I would say, as with all the others, it's a gateway sin, um, leads to other stuff. I love this one from Ecclesiastes 10.18. Through sloth the roof sinks in, and through indolence the house leaks. You, just, you, you think you're just having a lie in bed, you're having a lie in, but that means that you're not plugging the holes in the roof. And over time, the whole house sinks in. So sloth has these knock-on effects in the good things, other good things that we should be doing that we're not doing, and life begins to crumble. It leads to other stuff. Secondly, it damages our relationships uh, with others because the relationships require, deep relationships require work, don't they? You have to invest in them. And so it costs, it robs us of the joy of deep relationships. But also, if we refuse to engage in other people's troubles and in their needs, we're robbing them of the help that, that they need, of the grace that the Lord might be giving them through us. If we can't be bothered, then they don't receive it. They, they don't receive that through us. Uh, thirdly, as uh, Dan Lowe and Anya said, it stunts your growth. Okay. And in Hebrews chapter 5, the writer says that the people he's writing to, by this time he says, you really ought to be teachers. Okay, you ought to be teaching other people. He says, but in reality, they still need to be fed from a baby's bottle. Okay. That's cute, isn't it? And it's lovely, a little baby being fed. Right, except it's less it's less cute if, if that's a grown man. And the writer to the Hebrews, the, the writer of the Hebrews is saying, yeah, but that's what you are, not you. Are. That hey, you you should be teaching other people by now, but actually you're still requiring us to bottle feed you. You you, you haven't grown. You're not maturing. And he puts that down to he says, you have become dull of hearing. Okay, you're spiritually retarded. Your growth has been stunted because there's no push about. You've just got sluggish. You're not really listening. You're not really applying this to your heart. There's no spiritual drive about you. If you look at Proverbs uh, 20, verse 4. The sluggard does not plough in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. What does that tell you about the impact of Sloth on personal growth. Anyone? Stops it. Yes, stops it. Yep. How does it stop it? Come on, those of you who are from farming families. Exactly. That's exactly right, isn't it? You. If you want to reap it harvest time, you've got to plow in autumn. And if you're not ploughing, you're not going to reap. And so what we're doing now, you know, to take Andrew's thing of this, this graph, if we don't plough in this dip, we're not going to reap. Okay. 
Um, and what is that harvest? It's a harvest of our character. It's a harvest of virtue. It's a harvest of love, of friendships and relationships, of fruitfulness and of depth in our, our spiritual walk. And sloth leaves us comfortable with mediocrity. Ah, it's okay as things are now. And it's blind to God's beauty and that we should be growing in our knowledge of that. Um, okay, or look at um, favourite one in our family, Proverbs 26, 14. As a door turns on its hinges, so does a sluggard on his bed. Okay, what does that tell us about the progress the slothful person makes? Anyone? Doesn't go anywhere. Doesn't go anywhere. Okay. Uh, a door turns. Okay, but it, there is some motion. A door turns, but it doesn't actually go anywhere. There's no progress. And the slothful person can find him or herself in the same position that they were a month ago or a year ago or 10 years ago. There may be a pretense of change. The door moves. But in reality, there is no deep change in our character. Always beginning, never finishing. Okay, so it stunts our growth. Fourthly, it can tempt you to quit, which is what Samara uh, was saying. Okay, look at um, Proverbs 22, verse 13. The sluggard says, there's a lion outside. I shall be killed in the street. Okay, what does that tell you about sloth's impact on our willingness to persevere and to keep going. Anyone? He didn't even try, he already gave up. He's already given up. Any excuse will do. There's some obstacle, there's some difficulty. Oh, that's too much, I'll quit. And I'll use any excuse to get me out of doing what actually I should do. Okay, so how do we overcome sloth? Okay, what would a, turn in your groups, come up with a few points. What would a strategy for overcoming sloth look like in your life or in a friend's life? Go for it. Come up with some ideas. Okay, come up with some, um, give, give me some ideas, come up with a list or uh, how are we going to help a slothful person, shout some out. To-do lists. 
a to-do list. Priority list. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I actually find that quite helpful. I sort of tick my way down. Yeah, Samara? For me, it's being conscious that this is a coping mechanism to avoid responsibilities. Yeah. Being conscious of that, I'm like, okay, so I won't avoid it. Yeah, okay, so, so realize what's going on in your yeah. own heart. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Discipline. Discipline. Susan said discipline, yeah, because she's Swiss, yeah. 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 Let's hope Moises, the Mexican, hears that. Yeah. Discipline, discipline, yeah. Anyone else? Valuing the goal. Yeah, okay. Enough to put in the work that's needed. Yeah, actually want that. Yeah, anything else? Set boundaries. Go on. Other things not to get in the way. Yeah. For example, I will get home every day by six. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's or a, I will yeah. take a lunch break and yeah. do something. Yeah. Actually, uh, we, we made this decision when I um, became a consultant in the so a consultant, so a senior doctor in the NHS in the National Health Service in the UK. And um, before that, I'd been doing a whole load of research in my spare time. So I was, I was working my job, and then I was doing research on top of that. And um, when I became a consultant, so senior doctor, I basically said, "I'm not taking any of that. I'm not doing any of that in my spare time anymore. Okay, my my family would be the responsibility. That would be my first responsibility." And um, my research output just plummeted, okay, but it was the best decision because it was just putting in boundaries, okay, saying this is not going to start invading space it shouldn't occupy. Yeah. Anyone else? Accountability. Accountability. Knowing that someone's actually going to check what you did, what you said you were going to do. Like, yeah. If you don't, yeah. if nobody knows or cares or checks, then it's harder. Yeah. To do the thing. <laughs> yeah. and, and that may be true just actually of our spiritual disciplines. If you've got some good friends, hold one another accountable. Hey, how's your Bible reading day? What are you reading at the moment? What are you getting out of it? What's your prayer life like? Yeah, anything else? Andrew, did you? Yeah, I was just thinking one of the things we've been saying is sloth in some ways correctly identifies that putting an effort into something is risky. It might just not yeah. turn out the way we hope. Um, and we just have to trust God that regardless of how things turn out, it will be, he'll take care of us. And also yeah. the good effort we put in, he will reward even if things don't turn out exactly, exactly. like we hope. This whole issue of, of reward is interesting, isn't it? Okay, I'll just um, knock through these and then we'll go to groups. Okay, so number one is don't quit, which is what Samara was saying. Don't, don't accept this. Okay, don't realize this is what is going on. And don't accept that. And don't accept that this coldness in your relationship with God is as good as it's ever going to be. Okay, it really can be better, and He wants it to be better, and you want it to be better. So don't quit. Or okay. your marriage. Or your marriage, absolutely. Or or friendship. Um, or even just your work, actually, just in terms of common good. Um, and so don't quit. Do persevere. You know, Evagrius. Uh, who first came up with all of this stuff, he said, perseverance is the cure for acedia, for, for sloth, along with the execution of all tasks with great attention and the fear of God. Be diligent. You know, diligence is not, you know, th this is not just old-fashioned. Let's be diligent people. Let's be those who work hard. And do our, and, and um, even when you don't want to read your Bible, and I'm just using that as an example of spiritual disciplines by which we grow. The feelings follow. It's the same in a relationship. You know, we say, I don't want to just go through the motions. I think Zach was saying this. Do go through the motions. Do. Absolutely do go through the motions. You're, you're doing the 
daily stuff is the is the tractor is the engine that pulls your emotions along with it they will follow if you put in the um you know, the discipline to do it um the, the writer to the hebrews says uh, though we speak in this way yet in your case beloved we'll f- we feel sure of better things things that belong to salvation for god is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do and we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end so that you may not be sluggish but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises in other words do go through the motions but don't just go through the motions apply yourself be earnest you know as you're reading if your heart is cold ask him father by your spirit please speak to me through your word this morning or this evening or whatever so be earnest about it and as he says be imitators of those who through faith um have inherited the, the promises imitate them um, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises look at you know, read biographies that's a great way if you want a good biography to read I would say read um, a George Muller that's a really inspi- you know, who set up the orphanages in Bristol that's a really inspiring biography read, read uh, George Whitfield read uh, John Wesley read some of these great biographies and, and have your heart stirred by what other men, or you know, there's a series by YWAM, which is Je- Jeff and Janet Benge, yeah. And there's just a whole, very easy kids reads. You can read them on a night shift in the hospital. And, um, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, and when you've got kids, buy them these books, you know, encourage them with great examples. And, um, you know, just see how people are faithfully stuck at it even when uh, life is hard, and let their spiritual effort and the harvest of joy that they've reaped, let that rub off from you. And then finally, against Frankel and drinking Red Bull, um, which I overheard, don't resort to artificial stimulants. Okay, because if this part of sloth, this tristitia, this sadness, this spiritual depression, this coldness in our hearts, it is real. That can leave us open to the temptation to go to something else, to try and warm us up, to try and give us a boost. So it might be alcohol, okay? it might be drugs, it might be smoking, it might be shopping, it might be eating chocolate, it might be porn, it might be drinking Red Bull. The danger is this is just another form of escapism and we should avoid that. Rather, as Andrew says, let's be, let's Let's delight in the Lord Jesus and let's see the goal. Let's fall more in love with him and let's put the effort in that helps us become more like him. Right, that's it. I'm going to pray, go to groups.